Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. Welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited to be bringing you one of my very special self-love interviews today with my guest, Amy Ballantyne. Amy has a vision to be a rockin' great granny, and that drives her daily decisions. She chooses to lead with her passion for health and well-being in everything that she does. As your health cheerleader, Amy not only inspires her clients to make healthy lifestyle choices, she's cheering you on every step of the way. In her interview, Amy shares how her vision was born and how she became a health cheerleader. I'm really excited that you've decided to join us again for another episode. And I wanted to ask you, if you've been enjoying this podcast, have you considered sharing it with a friend? The easiest way for this podcast to grow and for more people to wake up with gratitude is if we, the ones who are already listening to it, are sharing it. So who do you know that wants to be a rocking great granny? Or who do you know that needs a little bit of cheering and um, support when it comes to their health and their well-being? This is one of those interviews you're going to want to share. Thanks, everyone. And let's get into the interview with Amy Ballantyne. Hi, everyone. It's Julie Boye here of Wake Up With Gratitude. I'm very excited to be doing one of my wonderful self-love interviews with a very special guest, Amy Ballantyne. Welcome, Amy. Hi. I am so happy that we're doing this. Uh, Amy and I have known each other for over 12 years, and Amy is your health cheerleader. She'll share where that comes from, which is pretty awesome. I love that part of your story. But she's also a holistic health coach, and she's been a product partner with USANA Health Sciences for the past 12 years. So I've had the honor and the pleasure of working alongside Amy for over a decade and just seeing her grow as a leader, a leader and in leadership. And what I love about Amy's story is that she's constantly adapting to what life throws at her. And um, I know your story fairly well, but of course our audience hasn't maybe had the chance to meet you. So could you tell us a little bit about your story, what your health cheerleader is all about, and just kind of where you are, you know, today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julie. So it uh, really begins, uh, I believe, with this desire to want to help people with their health. And it started with my own story. Even before I was born, actually, my mom lost both, both of her parents uh, when she was a really young, young child. And this impacted me as her firstborn child, uh, not having had parents uh, when she was young. And I heard often about these people that I created this deep desire to want to know. And in this, it actually caused me to want to live long enough and be healthy enough to live long enough to know my great grandchildren, to know these people in my future life, uh, because I didn't get the opportunity to know these people who I believe could have impacted me a lot. So this is a really big piece of why, you know, I've had this vision in my mind since uh, being a young child of being a rockin' great granny, like actually being able to be healthy enough to bowl with my great grandkids. And I really, truly believe that it's a mindset 
It is, uh, you know, every single day trying to make those healthier choices. It doesn't mean I don't have chocolate cake or chocolate or ice cream or any of the things that I enjoy. <laughs> it just means that 80% of the time, I'm making the healthiest choice possible. I'm using high quality supplements. I'm moving, I'm moving my body. I'm, I'm doing things to reduce my overall stress, you know, but it's really knowing that I'm doing all this because I really deeply believe that the actions that I take now impact my health and longevity down the road. So that's why I want to be, and I live really intentionally. And it's why I, I help people with their health and the story of how I basically gave myself the title, your health cheerleader is because, you know, so often people tell me that the part that they like about me the most is how enthusiastic I am and how upbeat I am. And the reason Julie met me was because I was like jumping around in a crowd. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it is not a coincidence that I also was a cheerleader in high school. I also was a cheerleader in university and this natural energy and enthusiasm is like in my cells. So what better way than to set myself apart in this very big world of health coaches than to let people know that one of the things that they get with me is that positivity and enthusiasm. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to be a bit of a let's let's get down to business kind of girl because I also also can go there but uh, I I bring that kind of energy and enthusiasm to the activities of coaching as well yeah you really are your health cheerleader I I love that because it it does it's so Amy it really is um, like you said it's in your cells your energy you can't keep it to yourself I love watching you speak live um, maybe we can clip to one of your um, more recent speaking engagements. If you have a link, we could put that in the, in the show notes for people to see because seeing Amy speak live, even if it's a video, is an amazing experience because she's really incredible at captivating an audience with her stories. She brings in the humor, she brings in the enthusiasm, but she can also, like she's mentioned about, you know, turning things to be serious when needed. And that's all that about that adapting that you do and you're constantly learning and growing. And I really admire that in your story. Now, when we met, you actually had a job. Well, when we met, you weren't even married yet. <laughs> now you're married. You have three beautiful children and you're a full-time entrepreneur. But when we met, it was a very different story. You were actually working for someone else, working from home, but working for, from, for someone else. And for some people that might seem like, well, this is the dream. You know, I have a good job. I get to work from home. I can be there for my family. But what was that reality really like for you? Mm -hmm. So I, I really am truly grateful that I did have that experience of working from home before this whole experience that we're in now, right? Because it taught me a lot about how to be really focused and, but also to be flexible in the day that I can be intentional with how I'm designing my day and, and where I'm spending my time. Um, but I, and I am grateful that I worked for a company that was really about uh, personal development. Mm-hmm. What it taught me though, is that the role that I was in there was very specific and sometimes felt very much like a secretary. So I was an event planner. I did a lot of communicating via email. I did a lot of phone calls 
And as you can tell, I like to be out and about and with yeah. the people. Yeah. <laughs> so that part was a bit missing for me that I, I wanted to use more of my skills and my passion and everything. And there wasn't the opportunity or I wasn't being given that opportunity in that space. And it became very clear to me that I could continue building someone else's business or I could really focus and really invest this time in building my own business. And that uh, really was the big learning that happened from that, that experience. Do you remember that time? Do you remember that moment when you were made the decision that you had, you were going to leave a full-time stable job with a salary? I think you had two children at one point or one, yes, your two. older kids, right? Yeah. yeah like what was, was that like? What's that? I was freaking out. You were freaking out. Like, cause I think there are a lot of people that listen to the podcast, you know, are get inspired and they're like, entrepreneurship is for me and let's just dive in. But tell me a little bit about that, that moment when you, you were just like, this, this isn't going to work anymore. Like, how did that feel for you? Well, you, you mentioned about personal development. And so all along I've been doing, I do lots of reading and do lots of courses. And it was the book Motivation Manifesto by Brandon Burchard that really was the TSN turning point for me. There's my sports analogy, being married to a baseball coach, but uh, the curveball in life, right? I, I read this line in there where he talks about how if you're not in control of your time, you're, you're the one that is giving it away. Right. And so who was I giving my time away to? And that really goes back to, do I want to build my own business? Do I want to build my own dreams? Do I want to build my own future life or do I want to get paid to build somebody else's? And that was really the, the, the turning point because I had a, a very small business at that time. But I was spending so much of my time and effort, uh, you know, looking after my children. And then in the, in the nooks and crannies, I was working this other job for these people. And I could see the light that if I could just move my attention and my focus over here, then I, I could actually make a go for real with my own business. And that was very exciting to me. Now, it was very scary. I don't think there's any entrepreneur that would say that moving from any kind of workforce to your own thing is like easy peasy. And I would call bullshit on that if they did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it's isn't, but, it you, scary, but. but you did, mm -hmm. you were in that fear and you went ahead and you did it anyway. And you've built a really successful business over the past 12 years. I've seen you, you know, grow this incredible business. You are now a mom of three. Uh, and you're, how old is your youngest now? She'll be six tomorrow, actually. Oh, it's tomorrow. <laughs> I'll have to remember to wish her happy birthday. So you figured out how to now run your own business from home. Uh, you did it with a baby and a toddler in tow for so long and you had it all figured out and things were going along. Tickety-boo. Amy's got this figured out. Everyone's in school. You're figuring out activities and dance and baseball and hockey. And, and then we are in COVID-19 and all your kids are home and no activities anymore, and your husband's working from home with mm -hmm. a very high pressure, high stress job, how on earth have you been able to adapt during this time? A lot of breathing, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, 
okay, it's time to go. No, I actually follow, I, we moved from a very, very regimented, strict yeah. schedule mm -hmm. to a, a period of time that was about two to three weeks of like, holy smokes, this doesn't feel right to now we have, I wouldn't say as regimented as a schedule because we don't have any baseball or softball or gymnastics or any of those things to go to, but I have created a schedule in our life that all of us now have fallen into in a really, I think, lovely way where we know what to expect because I think that's part of this challenge in this mm -hmm. time is nobody knows what's coming next, right? We don't know when things are going to open. We're all in this state of like, limbo but in our own house we have the opportunity to create some kind of structure and some kind of routine so we wake up every single day we do the same thing in the morning then we start school uh, we do schoolwork for an hour an hour and a half and my kids are young enough that they still need my help so i am sitting with them kind of bouncing like a bit of an energizer bunny between the three of them. So mommy, I need my help with this math and then, okay, let's do social studies. And then Zoe needs help with kindergarten work. And you know, so I, I look a little bit like a fool during that, but the best part is, is that we get all of the schoolwork done in that hour and a half to maybe two hours, depending on how hard the math is for me. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's, so we get the work done and then I have been really, very intentional with how I'm building my schedule for my business around that. So I have less meetings. I am trying to be more uh, aware of how much energy I can put into my work and my business versus how much I can like, and how I'm scheduling in break times. Like mm -hmm. we do recess and we just went for a bike ride, you know, and there's, there's different times in the day for different things. So, and you know, I think I share with you that I started that meditation. So on Monday mm -hmm. and Friday, it's scheduled in, right? If it's not scheduled in our, our planner, it's not getting done. So it's scheduled in mm -hmm. to the calendar that those are the two times that I'm doing the meditation. And then I build my other business uh, networking and, and my meetings with my clients around knowing that I have to leave those spaces for the children too, right? So it's a, a dance. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I think there's a lot of resistance around building a schedule and being regimented when there's, it's really about just what's going on in your own home, because a lot of times we've been used to our schedule being built by things from the outside, yeah. right? When is the hockey practice, the dance practice? When is the birthday party? When is the social event? And you took it the other way and you said, okay, how do we make this work for our family? What kind of schedule? What does that look like? Knowing that you still have to work and you want to work and you've been working from home for a very long time with lots of distractions. So figuring that out and also adapting to, I don't know, has your husband gone back to his office yet? No. Oh, no, I don't think he will be until potentially January. Yeah. So that's, a huge difference as well. I the same thing in our home. I think, you know, I've been working for home for 14 years. I actually already homeschooled before this all started. And then my husband started working from home, um, you know, immediately in March. And we don't know, we don't know if he's ever going to go back to the office in town. Um, cause he's really connected to the office sort of on the mainland, which is a ferry ride away. So we actually built my husband an office to give him a space to go to work. Cause I think that's the hardest thing is um, especially when your partner's an employee and they, there's certain expectations around where they need to be and when the work that they're doing. So 
I don't know if you guys have been able to figure out a space for. Oh, we were lucky. We had a spare bedroom. Oh, you did. So okay. there was like a nook. Yep. <laughs> with a little desk in there already, uh, for our you know a visitor, and so that's his nook, and he goes down to the quiet, cold little nook each day and. <laughs> And, you know, the interesting part is we've had to keep the kids out of that space yeah. where there's some toys and stuff, but there's enough to do in, in other parts of the house. We're, we are very blessed that, that there was a space for him. He doesn't have to yeah. get the kitchen table. And that's I, I can't it. Imagine that. Yeah. That's a big thing too, is like, you know, we both live in single family homes. We've been able to make those adjustments. And, you know, I honor that a lot of people have not been able to do that and make it work. But that's the whole thing about adapting is you take your own personal circumstances and you then figure out what works best for you and your family. And that structure and that lifestyle is really what your family's been used to. And that works for your, you and your kids. And they, they do well in that. And for other families, they might, that might just not work for them at all. So this is a beautiful time to really do that adaptation. You briefly mentioned about meditation mm -hmm. and I kind of want to go back there a little bit because one of the things I've noticed, even with myself, during this time, during this different way of living life is that the self-care bits, the self-love, the important things like that, I'm finding it harder to fit that in or make it a priority. So tell me, why is this, why is this important for you, Amy? Why is this going in your calendar? I, well, one of the reasons it's, it's in my calendar is because when, when COVID hit, I had a moment where you know, like I think many of us, we wanted to do something out of service to others. Okay. And so that's where I went was how can I be of service with a skill set that I already have and share this practice that has been helpful for me. Uh, so that's why I made the commitment to, you know, leading a meditation two times a week every Monday and Friday. It's free. Anybody can participate. You can watch it on your own time. Really, it's recorded, right? But for me, with meditation, and even any of the acts that we're doing to calm our energy, to, to do something just for ourselves, because let's be real, with all these people around constantly, any act that is for ourselves is an act of self-love, right? Any, like even just saying, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to sit on the toilet for 10 minutes and nobody is going to interrupt me. The key is that you are taking some space and you are, are setting those boundaries around yourself to say, I need a little bit of time for myself. It's been really important for me. And I think one of the other things that I've done in addition to meditation, I've listened to some pre-recorded uh, audios similar to meditations. I also have read some non-business books mm. to take my mind off of the situation that we have, but I've made it a real focus to, you know, actually stop working at 10, 10, 15 at night. And for me, it was usually every night till 11. Like that was my normal mm. with kids. Wow. So I would have a very strict schedule around sports time and, yeah. and all of the activities traditionally. And then I would start work at 8 PM until 11, like to get some other things in. Right. But because I believe right now more than ever, we need to be scheduling in and actually being intentional again with how are we letting go? And so I, I 
I wanted to watch less television also. At the beginning of COVID, it was like, oh, yay, we can watch a movie. I love movies. I haven't watched a movie. I can't even tell you. Three weeks, four weeks maybe. We haven't, we haven't watched a movie because I was like, you know, that was what we did at the beginning. Now we've kind of settled into what is the, the new normal for right now. And it is, I want to turn off that screen. I want to let my brain go either to a book that it doesn't matter, right? Or to quiet meditation or something where I can just really zone out and, and just breathe. And I think that's important. I think what you mentioned too about reading um, non-business, non-personal growth books is mm-hmm. like something that I would normally do on vacation or on a trip, mm-hmm. but we're not going on trips, right? We're not doing that. We're, we may take a family vacation like locally here on Vancouver Island, but even then we don't really know what that looks like right now too. So um, it's those little things that we might, you know, we, we're maybe not taking vacations. I know you guys had to cancel. You had a special for <laughs> your 40th birthday and you guys postponed that trip and hopefully you'll be able to go next year. But it is, um, it is adapting and changing. And, and it, I think what you pointed out too is that we were doing things like a certain way in the first month, six weeks. And now it's like, you feel like you're in, well, we talk about phase two of reopening, but we're really in phase two of our lives and how some things are just different and they will be for some time. And we don't have any control over things that, you know, are happening outside of our home. So focus on what are we doing in our home that's best for our family. And I think what I love too, is that you chose to do meditation even before COVID-19 hit. I know you'd already started leading meditation and I really appreciate that for someone who is so enthusiastic and full of energy. And I remember when I I was like, I was like, Amy's leading meditation. This is, this is big. This is like the opposite of your comfort zone. But what an important thing, you know, for you to realize is like the balance between the two and that how much it's enriched your life and the people around you. So, uh, Amy, there's a lot of things that I admire about you and there's, um, you know, you just have this beautiful, like you said, you this giving quality about you. You like to give back. You like to be of service to others. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, the mission trip that you took last year And the reason I think it's important to have the conversation is right now, no one is going on mission trips. I was meant to go on a mission trip this year and it was postponed and then it was postponed again. And now it's indefinitely postponed. And I'm certainly not the only one who um, wanted to give back in this way. And right now those are all on hold for a while. So I just, I would love to just hear a little bit about your experience so that those of us that are thinking about this, we're not going to lose our excitement and our desire to go when the time is right again. I would say for me, I mean, there were many, many learning moments, but we had an opportunity to go to an orphanage and there, this place was housing 75 children who had been taken from their families or their homes because of issues of how they were being treated. So some of them weren't true orphans. Some of them were, but some of them were being 
there for protection and for the opportunity to go to school and to have a healthy meal on the table three times a day and all of these pieces. So while we were there, we not only had the opportunity to serve actually at the orphanage and, and get to know the children and play with the children. And, you know, I spent a lot of time jumping rope with these kids and, and I didn't speak the language. So we were playing and, and connecting in, in ways that, you know, you can still laugh and joke and dance and all of the body movements, right? And connect with another human, even if you don't each understand each other's language, right? So that was really powerful. Alternatively, we had the opportunity to go to different sites around that orphanage that were served by the outreach of that group. And that out of all of the experiences, there were two places that we went. Um, one was to do with the actual housing facility of some of the families whose parents work in the strawberry fields. And so every single time I get a container of strawberries, I'm like, oh my God, I have met people who literally blood, sweat, and tears so that we can have these yeah. containers of strawberries where we live. It's just like, holy smokes. The biggest, I think the biggest change for me was having a face to now see in my mind that I had personally, like I, children that I had held or uh, a mother that I had hugged or a person I had given a food donation box to or a child I had given a spoon of peanut butter to like now I have some faces I think that's the biggest thing for me you know we see I've always been deeply impacted by the commercials deeply impacted that's why I've donated to World Vision for I don't know something like 20 years almost because I'm deeply impacted by the, the face, the, the feeling of another human suffering or not having what they should, right? And I think that was the biggest thing for me was being able to go and do something to give back, show my love, show my compassion and my empathy and my care to these little children and to these, these people who, just like all of us, we're just trying to do our best. And they just have different circumstances for the most part, right? So it was very, very eye-opening. And I highly encourage anyone who even has an inkling to go and be of service, that there are so many opportunities uh, to be of service. And there are, I mean, there are many opportunities right in our own communities yes. where we can be of service as well, which I'm, I'm excited about now because we may not be able to travel across borders for some time, but I think that that is an opportunity for us to really look within and reach out to local places and see how we can be of service closer to home. I appreciate that so much. And that reminder that as much as outreach mission work is really important, reaching out in our own community is just as important. And a lot of what you're sharing goes back to the fundamental of what I have built this podcast on and my business on is just being grateful for what's right in front of your face that mm -hmm. other people will never have, never experience. Yeah. Right. There's just the living conditions. There. The living conditions. It's just like yeah. holy smokes. <laughs> it's a good I awareness. You could see it. I Absolutely. See it. It, it's so important. And it's also about um, bringing that experience home to our children, reminding them like they have a bed to sleep in every night. They have a roof over their head you know, there's food in the fridge. Um, I feel like I, these are things that I can't share enough is just the reminder that 
if you're opening your fridge and it's full or you have the money to go and refill it when it's empty, you're already so incredibly abundant. And um, when you share stories like that, uh, that we just don't even realize, I just think sometimes we don't even realize that that exists in our own communities, right? Um, If we do live, you know, in a community that our friends all seem fairly affluent, but we know that even the most affluent communities, it's not the case. There are many, many people that are looking for food and a hot meal. And so Amy, I know, um, I know you have a lot of charity in your heart. So if you were to just, if you want to mention one and I can give a link to it, one that's kind of close to your heart right now, what would that be for you? Uh, it would be the USANA, USANA Foundation. Okay. Uh, we have a, a charity initiative within our team coming up that uh, I'd love to post a link about that as soon as the link is available. I will absolutely post that. And I think that, you know, as we wrap things up, Amy, you've shared a lot of things. You've shared a lot of the ways that you show up as a leader, how you've adapted in your life, how you've stretched your comfort zone, how much you are a person with a real giving heart. And I ask my guests, um, as I wrap up the podcast, if you could inspire people to make one change today, do something different or stop doing something that can make a positive impact in their lives and maybe the lives of those around them, what would that be for you? One thing. One thing. I'd have, well, I could always steal your gratitude thing. I think that's the most important part, but, um, you can mention gratitude. It's totally fine. To show love, <laughs> to, show love yeah. to the people that are around you. Yeah. I think that's the gift, right? Like my whole reason for being a health coach is because I, I want people to have that opportunity to show love to their families forever. So, Thank you, Amy. That was... I. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. Thank you for being the authentic Amy that I know and love and for giving us this gift of things that you take for granted every day that you do for you and your family and your community that we don't know about. We don't get to see it. And we see Amy, you know, this beautiful leader showing up and it's like all these moving pieces that you put together, uh, for your family because it comes from love. It comes from this vision you had like from the womb. It's amazing. (laughs) Truly amazing. Amy, where do we find you? How do we connect with you? Uh, People can find me on Facebook. So my page there is amyballantine.official or on Instagram, just amyballantine. Awesome. We'll make sure that that's all in the notes <laughs> link directly. If you're, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the video, please go to the YouTube video. It's <laughs> worth watching Amy's beautiful energy and emotion come through. Um, and I think that's very powerful. We can hear it in your words, but if those, you know, I always recommend checking out the YouTube video as well, because that just adds another layer of connecting with a real person. So Amy, Thank you so, so much for this. It's been such a joy and such a pleasure to connect with you. Oh, thank you. And you always find a way to bring a tear to my eye, Julie. My friend, you did it. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around. 
I would love it if you take the time to subscribe to the podcast so that when new episodes are released, they're automatically downloaded so you can listen to them anywhere you are. It would really mean the world to me if you would give this podcast a five-star review, should you think that I deserve it, on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for taking the 30 to 90 seconds to share your rating and give a little review of the podcast. It helps other people to know if they should be listening to this podcast or not. And of course, if you've listened to this far, I know it's made a positive impact in your life. So if it's helped you, do you think you could share it with a friend? Who do you know who could use just a little bit more gratitude and inspiration in their life? And finally, if you're like me and you love talking about gratitude and being grateful and sharing all things related to gratitude, please join our community on Facebook. You can find us under Groups Gratitude Ambassadors, and we'd love to welcome you into our community. Thanks, and we'll see you at the next episode.